Everyday triumphs, extraordinary outcomes, a space where narratives connect. This is the Big Idea Box Podcast. Born at the Lab Miami, this podcast invites all entrepreneurs to share, support, and empower. Dreaming is an experience we as humans all experience on a routine, usually nightly basis. Dreams can be defined as a collection of clips, images, feelings, and memories that involuntarily occur during the REM cycle of sleep. Said differently, they're the stories our brain and subconscious tell us during sleep. The question is, why do we dream, and what do those dreams mean? How do they unite and differentiate us as humans sharing a common experience? How are companies and industries capitalizing on the dream phenomenon, and how can you utilize the dream realm of reality for your benefit in the waking reality? These are a few of the topics we're going to be touching on in today's episode and tie it in at the end to the entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to episode seven, you guys. Heck yeah. We're back. Your favorite hosts are back together for this one, and we're super excited. That's right. You guys only had to wait six episodes. <laughs> We're back. Yes. Thank you for we patiently are. waiting. Yes. Can't wait. In case you forgot, I'm Rachel. I'm Bryant. I am Sebastian. I'm Tammy. Hi. So you're probably thinking, why on earth did we choose to talk about dreams today? Well, one of the major reasons, besides I think all of us are pretty passionate about this topic, um, anytime we come in and have a crazy dream, the first thing we want to do is share it with the team at the front desk. And we're all super eager to hear each other's dreams and give our interpretations of what we think it means. We love to find meanings in our dreams and in our subconscious. And it's a whole other world that we get to dive into every night. And it's just an exciting thing to explore in your mind. So whenever we are doing this and telling our dreams and getting interpretations, Bryant, without fail, will pull out the Dream Dictionary, which he's going to talk about in a second, and it gives us a great insight as to the meaning behind our dreams. And I think that this is just a very interesting and helpful topic to everyone. Absolutely. Like, when, whenever somebody comes in and they start talking about, you know, this crazy dream that they had the night before, almost instantly I, you know, pull out Dream Dictionary and... Try and try and find out, you know, where where's this dream coming from? I always love no know, knowing or just kind of researching, looking up to see um, where these dreams all come from because there's so many different um, shared dreams. Um, there's you know the idea of like the collective unconscious. We all share so many of the different same uh, kinds of dreams. Um, it's just interesting, you know. It's it's another reminder like we're all human. We all share a lot of the same insecurities, a lot of the same things that we're dealing with in life, and we're doing it together, and um, it leads to a lot of overlap in what kinds of dreams we see. So before I start talking about the dream dictionary, I wanted to address uh, how a dream is defined. Right? So there are two different uh, definitions, obviously. Um, usually we're talking about you know, entrepreneurship and, and uh, our careers and stuff, so... It's usually 
a cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal. Just kind of like, what's your dream? You know, I want to be a firefighter. You know, that's that's an astronaut, (laughs) a nurse, a unicorn. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) it's so fluffy. I'm gonna die. The harmony, (laughs) y'all. However, today we're talking about uh, the kind of dreams that you experience while you're sleeping. So that's defined as a series of thoughts, images, and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep. The reason why I thought that definition was interesting is because they highlight the fact that it is only occurring in a person's mind. However, I disagree. Um, At some point, what happens in your mind is it steps into the real world and it affects you in a, in a very real and, and physical way. Uh, when you have nightmares, you wake up covered in sweat, your body is aching from being so tense throughout the night. You know, if you have a wet dream, you wake up aroused, you know, feeling all sorts of ways. Oh, I didn't know we were talking about that. Sur- <laughs> That's Surprise. not in my notes, Brian. Right, no, it's very uh, human. It happens. You know, it's okay. You know. It's true. But yeah, if I have a good dream or bad dream, regardless, if it's impactful, I will think about it for days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sexy dreams. Mm. <laughs> so um, I think there, there's a very real connection between the, the mind and the, and the body in that level where you know, whatever we have going on in our mind, it will step out into the real world and will have uh, consequences and, and effects not only on our body, but on everything around us. So as well, I wanted to throw another quote out there. Uh, first, I want to do a little shout out. Uh, I want to thank David Martin. He uh, is a brilliant UI UX designer and I hope I didn't butcher his title. <laughs> he, he He's very talented with a lot of things. The um, brilliant part is yeah. good. Yeah, actually, from he graduated from WinCode, um, used to be one of our dear members here at the lab, and now he's doing great things. So just yep. trying all the... You're the man, David. <laughs> um, he put me on to The Daily Stoic, um, which is a, an amazing book, uh, a bunch of different quotes to reflect on uh, on wisdom and philosophy and mindfulness. Um, one of the quotes that he had uh, pointed out to me, I think, is, is really relevant to this topic. Um, and it's a pretty common one. It's by Reynold Neighbor, and it goes as such. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That was powerful. Deep. Mm. That's a classic powerful uh, quote. Yes. Too. Nice. I'm deep, y'all. so the reason why this is relevant is because as humans our ability to be aware and to analyze and to change the things that we have power to change is what separates us and allows us it it separates us from um, people who are just uh, miserable all the time because they think there's nothing that they can do about certain uh, circumstances, which usually leads to a lot of uh, addiction and, and all sorts of uh, crazy bad stuff. But our ability to be aware and to, and to change those things has to start from within ourselves. Um, so why not start with dreams? You know, um, There's so much overlap in terms of like common dreams um, that means that it's it's all coming from somewhere. We need to be aware of it so that we can do something 
in our in our real lives to to stay ahead of it and to grow and to change. Um, so, the Dream Dictionary. Mm-hmm. We're finally here. <laughs> <laughs> the Dream Dictionary. Um, if you have a dream, you know, wake up, write it down, or just try your very best to remember it. And if you Google Dream Dictionary or Dream Meanings, there are a ton of different uh, websites out there where you can look up uh, the common themes that, that were explored in your dreams and, um, and the meaning behind them. So, for example, some of the most uh, common dreams that, that people uh, all have with each other, right? The, apparently, the most number one common dream that everybody has is falling. Mm. Oh, yes. That's definitely personal. Yes. Falling. Yes. <laughs> this is referred to as um, a red flag from your subconscious. Um, so this dream is usually common with people who are having uh, a major life problem with their work, relationships, or elsewhere. Um, there are so many common ones. I feel like I've, I've had a lot of these uh, teeth falling out. Yes, Ugh. I have that dream all the time. That's my most recurred dream and it's very unpleasant yeah Yeah. unpleasant is the word it's very unpleasant it is it's such a crazy feeling (laughs) why and why that's what's so interesting about dreams why on earth there's so many humans on this planet we all share a common dream of our teeth falling out Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why consciousness, yo. Mm-hmm. That's just that crazy. That's such a random thing to dream about. The, it is the cloud, if you will. Yeah, the, the human brain, um, while you're asleep, it's processing a lot of information, and um, there are certain things that the brain has to default to because it's not going to give you a crystal clear image of what it's processing. But it's True. definitely interesting that we all have that shared imagery. Like mm-hmm. the first time that I had a dream of my teeth falling out, I hadn't seen that in any movie or Same. cartoon or anything. It's, it, it just happened. I know? had no idea that was a common thing either. Um, and if you think about it, maybe it's because we all share the common um, survival need of being able to eat. And without Mm. our teeth, we're unable to do so without assistance from uh, medical devices or, you know, if you want to drink a smoothie, maybe. (laughs) So maybe it plays into that. I don't know. Well, so it's actually connected to um, power and confidence. This dream uh, is supposedly like there's a sign that something happened in the dreamer's life that caused him or her to lose confidence. Um, It's also usually used to, to represent like a, a broken relationship. Um, let's see. Oh, look, there's, it's even gender specific. For women, <laughs> it's believed that this dream is an example of wish fulfillment. They want to, oh, snap. They want to become pregnant. <laughs> That's not why I have this dream. <laughs> I can just tell you that oh, now. Hashtag <laughs> make it clear. Oh, man. The internet is So there's bad. so many different <laughs> interpretations <laughs> of the same in oh, the man. same dream. And I feel like depending on the context of your own dream and your personal experiences, the meaning is always going to be different. So that just keep that in mind when you're looking online and at the dream dictionary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and there's 
there's a bunch. The, the list goes on and on. Showing up naked to work or school. Um, having uh, dreams about taking tests. Dying. Meeting a celebrity. Or being chased, which is another awful one. That's the scariest one. Yeah. Let's go to the dying dream. Oh, Real let's, quick. Let's. <laughs> so... Uh, my dad always used to tell me when I was little, and I feel like he was just kidding around with me, but I really believed it. He always used to tell me that if you die in your dream, you die in real life, and I was terrified of that. Um, and just recently, oh, and he also told me that it's impossible to die in your dream, that you'll wake up beforehand. But pretty recently, I actually did die in my dream, and not only did I die, but I, and it was extremely graphic and vivid, I woke up in another reality in my dream and I almost felt like I could control what was happening. It was almost like a lucid dream, which we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that sort of dives into what do these dreams really mean? And if you can enter another realm within your dream and be con- somewhat conscious and aware of that, that can open up so many doors and can become a whole nother reality. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the question. Like, do you have any control over your dreams? Is, is that something that you can sort of like practice to, you know, have any amount of control over? Or is that something that's just kind of like up to... The subconscious. The subconscious. So um, that's a great question, Brian, um, actually, which brings up a very interesting topic that um, it's about lucid dreaming. But before we jump into that, I just want to do like a general consensus of do you guys think that we can actually control our dreams or not? Just a yes or no. Yes. Yes. Because I have had experience with that. And it's so funny, Luis, my husband, will, um, if he's having a good dream or whatever and he doesn't want to be woken up, he will say to me, I'm going to go back and finish my dream. <laughs> and he he tells me <laughs> that he can that. do that, yes. that he's going to go back yes. into the same dream and finish off where he left off. Uh, I don't know if that's real or not, but he seems to think so. Yes. And uh, well, and I actually agree that that is true, that we are capable of controlling our dreams but before we dive into it let's let's give a little bit of of some scientific background so as to realize where did this come from so that way it's not like oh we're just making this up and we think that you know we can actually control our dreams so um, having said that it's really important that we bring up to this conversation a really important personality Mm. um his name is sigmund freud not sure if you guys have heard of him but um, just to tell you a little bit about him, Sigmund Freud was a an Austrian uh, neurologist, and he was the founder of psychoanalysis wow. or analytical psychology. So this uh, branch of psychology actually came up in the late 1800s because of his contribution. And uh, this branch of psychology aims to treat uh, mental disorders by investigating the interaction of the conscious and unconscious elements in the mind with techniques such as dream interpretation and free association. So the whole topic about dream interpretation, it's related to the lucid dreaming. So the reason why I wanted to bring that up to this conversation is because there is so much 
information related to our dreams and how they actually impact our well-being, our state of mind. And there are actually some techniques that we can use on our own so we can actually improve our state of mind. So having said that, I wanted to actually mention uh, one of the books that talks a lot about lucid dreaming. And um, this book was actually one of the elements that Oprah used in one of his shows by interviewing one of the authors of um, this book. And the name of the book is... Silence. <laughs> this is um, how we build anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> so the name of the book is A Field Guide to Lucid Dreaming, Mastering the Art of... Oh, neuronautics. So that's a crazy big word. Say it, it, is. Say it, yeah. it is, right? And like, and what does that art. mean? I know, right? So, on um, aeronaut, that's the actual word, and it is spelled O N E I R A N A U T. And that means explorer of dreams. So, in Greek, the term onero means dreaming. And the second part of it, not, means explorer. Like, for example, astronaut. Exploring Mm. the the astrological space. So, an aeronaut is one person that is exploring their dreams. And they are conscious of doing that. That's so cool. And you don't even have to leave your comfort of your bed. Not at all. It's all within. It's all within. And the reason why I feel like it is important to know about this term is because I feel like it uncovers a lot of the potential that we have all within and um, by just dreaming and being in control of our dreams. So I just thought that it was really interesting to touch based on that. And now that we have a little bit of the background information, scientific, important people that have said, okay, you know what, there's like really big things happening here within your dreams so you better pay attention to them because it's crucial for your well-being muy importante yes yes sir deep shit deep 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 shit so (laughs) what is lucid dreaming (laughs) oh is that a question for us i mean i think so we're we're accepting phone calls if anybody in the audience whatever (laughs) comes to me you know lucid dreaming um so the the way that i think of uh lucid dreaming is um, when you're in your dream state, that's that's like having full control over your actions. Um, so that's when you cross that that threshold of like being uh, an audience member, being somebody who's just watching this experience, to jumping into the driver's seat and um, and sort of dictating the experience. Um, that's the way that I think about lucid dreaming. That's mine. From my personal experience, I've never had an experience where I feel completely 100% in control of my dream, but I have had a certain awareness while I'm in a dreaming state to know that it is a dream and that, for example, when I was having a very awful teeth falling out situation, it was very, very, it was the worst one I've ever had to where it was extremely painful and I don't know if you guys, that's an interesting thing. Have you ever felt pain in your dream? Um, 
Yes, and it had actually woke me up when I feel the pain. That's when I like. Yeah, typically, usually if you feel things that are very alarming like that, you will wake up. But um, in this instance, I didn't wake up, but it was not pleasant, and it seemed to drag on for a long time. And I just remember telling myself, "This is a dream. You're gonna wake up." And that I feel like that's a form of lucid dreaming because you're controlling your mind in that moment to Absolutely. not be anxious and to just wait it out. Yeah, I think there that's definitely a certain level of of lucid dreaming, and that's like um, that's level one. That's the first step. Yes. you're getting there, girl. And um, like you said, so it's almost like you are actually in control of your dream. So back to the question: Can we control our dreams based on the previous information? The answer is yes. Does it need practice? Yes. Does it affect our well-being? Yes, to a point that it can actually make us happier. So let's let's touch base uh, touch base a little bit on this um, topic because this conversation actually happened back in 2004. Oprah and the author of a field guide to lucid dreaming, and uh, they explained that lucid dreaming is the ability to know that you are dreaming while you are dreaming. So it's pretty much what we said. Oh, I did do it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So you actually become aware that you are dreaming and uh, most of the times that happens subconsciously like like you just feel that you're there dreaming you're feeling it but we can actually train ourselves to enter that state of mind how do you do that okay (laughs) (laughs) thank you for asking so um before we jump into how do we do that it's really important to understand and realize that whenever we have recurring dreams and themes there's probably like something hidden within our subconscious that wants to come up to the surface for us to interpret our own reality, the reality that we're in. So it is all related. And um, it is also said that hidden in this place, in our subconscious, we can find wisdom and guidance that could help us change our entire life. So, muy importante. I have learned dreams. very valuable lessons from dreams. But it's because I put importance to them and really focus on trying to interpret the meaning of them. And I feel like sharing them with a broad intellectual and conscious audience such as yourselves mm-hmm. really helps in doing that too. You get and, different and perspectives. Attractive. Oh yes. It's that's a reference to the attractive. first episode. It's very important. Yes, so Back to the question. So how do we do that? How do we actually get in control of our dreams? And how do we make that a tool for our well-being, for our happiness, for our mental state? So whenever we have recurring dreams or dreams that you remember, there's something called dream signs. Mm -hmm. And these dream signs, they're really, really important to locate because these are the landmarks in the dream world that we can actually use to trigger our subconscious and to realize that we're actually dreaming. So it's almost like by identifying these dream signs, we can actually awaken certain sense in our subconscious to become conscious of the dream. Really important. That's crazy. That, that reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Inception. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. One yes. of my favorite it's movies. It's all about the Inception, baby. <laughs> so in Inception, they use, um, I think they call them totems. And it's pretty much a very specific object that when you see it and when you see how it how it you know interacts with that world and you understand the weight of it and the color, the shape and everything, um, just just by holding it or seeing it, 
your subconscious will realize this is a dream and mm-hmm. then that's how they use it to to sort of anchor themselves to to reality so this sounds like it's really similar um except, it is very similar yeah except in like not a personal totem but just kind of like something to look out for is that yes really? yes and it is not science fiction this is something that i hope that our mentality changes when we listen to this podcast because this is as real as the world that we live in right now and it is really important that we do not ignore him and that we actually aim to dream a little more to understand more about ourselves and whatever context we're in. So yes. the totem, how do you call it? The little thing that they yeah. use in the, you got the totem. totem. Yes. So one of the things that are actually really important for us to remember our dreams that it is recommended is to keep a journal. Very, yes, very important it is very to recommended. record our dreams to make sure that we identified you know, these themes that are happening and happening over and over. So that way we can actually train our subconscious mind. And something that um, I thought that it was really, really interesting while reading this article, it's they say that you can actually train your subconscious, your mind, to dream something in specifically by during awake states saying, am I dreaming? Asking yourself. Mm. while you are awake am i dreaming am i dreaming am i dreaming and as crazy as it sounds but you asking yourself am i dreaming while you are awake you're actually like almost planting a seed in your subconscious so when you go to sleep and you're dreaming you're gonna catch it right away because you planted that seed wow Wow. that's actually that's a life hack right it is a life hack yeah so i i thought that um that was super crazy and actually kind of like easy to do very if you think about it yeah it's almost right? too easy <laughs> am i dreaming am i dreaming and then you know all of a sudden you end up in the mecca of your own psyche mm. huge reality check very very important seems like i'm not the only deep person around here um you know we're a bunch of unicorns here so bam <laughs> Um, it is also said that it is so profound the effect that this could have on our dreams that once you train your subconscious mind and you become aware of it while you're dreaming, you can even manipulate like an in inception wow. this reality. So, for example, if you're dreaming and you see a wall and then if you touch the wall in the dream and you feel like it's a hard wall, like it's a physical object. Once you have trained your mind, your spirit, and everything involved at that moment to be aware of the dream, you can actually modify the reality of your dream. So that wall that you see there that is so hard, if you wake up in the dream and you become aware of it, you can actually start thinking, I can go through the wall. I can go through the wall. And in fact, you can go through the wall. Wow. So you can pretty much kind of speak into existence what you want to do and then actually activate that in the dream by aligning your mind, body, and spirit. Correct. That is dope. We are so cool. Humans? We are the most advanced machine in the universe. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, legit. Legit. Machine. It's like legit. We are legit a machine. We're mechanical. So, very important right the impact that we have on our dreams and how this can actually help us identify just like certain areas in our life that might need attention that we don't even know but know that everything is going to be and is and has been in your subconscious mind the collective consciousness um so there's ways to open up doors 
to that interesting realm. So can we control our dreams? The answer is yes. How? Start writing a journal of your dreams and also set the intention. Yeah, it's for sure. I want to dream. Am I dreaming? I want to remember my dreams. Before you go to bed, set the intention. I want to remember my dreams. Yes. And, and I think also you can control your dreams in a way by, like Sebastian was saying, putting that thought in your mind. Put whatever thought or let's say you have something in particular that you just want to solve something at work, something in a relationship, something that's been bothering you that you want your subconscious to aid and guide you to help solve it for you. Think about it consciously and intentionally before you go to sleep. And more times than not, you will dream about it. Maybe it will come up as a symbolism sort of thing. But if you're intentionally thinking about something, most of the times it will pop up in your dream. Which is really interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. that's yes. Rachel's pick of the week. Oh yes, y- 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 mindful yeah. dreaming. Oh, mindful, mindful dreaming. dreaming. Mindful dreaming. Should oh, hello. The, I think that should be the name of this episode. Mindful dreaming. Hell yeah. Okay, guys. Mindful dreaming. Mm-hmm. That's just more like that. You know how he comes. <laughs> You're welcome. Another little tip for my pick of the week um, is that Sebastian said keeping the journal. Um, a lot of people have said. To me that they don't remember their dreams mm-hmm. that they don't dream how can I dream I don't dream I think that you should focus like you said set the intention on dreaming keep the journal right by your bed side and the second you wake up just start writing don't look at your phone don't get distracted just be in that sort of semi-conscious state and just start writing and it doesn't have to be an elaborate story that makes sense because oftentimes dreams don't really make sense. Just start writing what you are feeling. Mm. And I think that will help train your body to remember your dreams. Even if it's like just one, one specific thing that you remember, there was water, you know, anything I, I, I'm having this dream with my ex-girlfriend, with my ex-boyfriend, you know, with my puppy that died or, you know, you never know, but Mm -hmm. um, it is really important that we pay attention to um, this part of, of ourselves you know i think it, it's really really important and just to end up on a good note based on what we've been talking about about if we can control our dreams or not this is so powerful and so deep that we really don't realize that dreams are actually telling us the things that we need to work on in our life mm-hmm. and also the solution for that that subconscious message hidden message there so Let's start paying attention to our dreams. We can totally find parts that are lost, you know, within ourselves. And that can totally change the perspective of our reality. And changing perspective is really, really important. It's not black and white. It's so many colors, you know. Muy importante. So speaking of being in control of your dreams, honestly, listening to a lot of the beneficial information that you just shared, Sebastian, um, feel like I have been afraid of and like fearful of even the thought of being able to control my dreams and that's just personal I don't know if you guys can relate to that um and I think in my a lot of times in my past I had been out of control in my dreams and never thought that that was even a possibility that I had any type of like stake and like ways to navigate um those experiences so I would love to touch on some instances or different occurrences that many people can relate to where they are out of control um and different ways that you can pretty much help yourself um 
be more mindful and uh, ways to kind of get away from those situations and um, have healthier dream experiences, if that makes sense. Um, so sleep paralysis is something that I experienced at a young age. I want to say when I was like in my early teens, um, where I would wake up and it would probably be like during a nap or it would usually it would happen during the day, like in a nap or if I was waking up and coming out of a dream or coming out of sleep and I would be immobile. I couldn't move. I couldn't even really speak. I would try to scream. I would try to holler. I couldn't say anything. I couldn't be heard. Like I can hear myself like whispering like this. Like I, in my head, I'm trying, I'm screaming but I know no one can hear me. Like nothing's coming out. Nothing's coming out. It's really a traumatic, slightly traumatic and scary situation to be in. And then um, one thing that I would do that I realized would get me out of it was to force my limbs, like my fingers, my feet, like anything I could like get to move, I would start to move. And then like I would slowly get out of that paralysis. Thankfully, I never saw anything during those times. Like I never hallucinated or saw anything that was bothersome, which some people have experienced in the past. Um, But uh, it's something that happened to me relatively often. And then after my teens, it didn't happen anymore. Uh, And considering that we're talking about this, I felt like it was very important to touch on those times when you don't know (laughs) what's happening and why it's happening um, and how to get out of that. So to define sleep paralysis, I wanted to just go over what uh, the American Alliance for Healthy Sleep actually defines sleep paralysis as. Uh, Recurrent isolated sleep paralysis is a parasomnia. A parasomnia involves undesired events that come along with sleep. Sleep paralysis causes you to be unable to move your body at either of the two following times, when falling asleep or when waking up from sleep. Sleep paralysis tends to first appear in the teen years, which is very interesting that I tied that, and it it then occurs most often when you are in your 20s and 30s. It may continue into your later years, but it's not a serious medical risk, which is good to know. And there are different ways that you can um, pretty much prevent yourself from going into that paralysis and I'll explain that a little further. Um, and one popular theory posits that this temporary state of paralysis is meant to prevent us from hurting ourselves. So scientifically, your body is trying to prevent you from doing something that is n- going to be harmful, perhaps in an automatic response to some violent dream. Mm. Or just kind of trying to like live out whatever dream you're having at the moment. <laughs> you're like swinging from vines <laughs> on the jungle. like. You're not outside reaching for power cables or anything like that. Exactly. During sleep paralysis, paradoxically, our brains or parts of our brains become awake and conscious, but the rest of the body is still immobilized. Uh, So that's when you you know that you know what's going on around you, but you cannot do anything about it nor move or allow yourself to get any help, which is so scary. At the same time, during sleep paralysis, many people experience dream visions and sensations as though they were real. Hence the hallucinations and the fact that they are, in fact, partly awake and conscious blurs, conscious blurs the line between reality and dreams. So what happens in the body during an episode of paralysis? Essentially, during the dream phase of sleep, known as the rapid eye movement, your REM phase, um, our skeletal, our skeletal, that's not a word. That's, <laughs> it could be a word. That sounded like a beautiful word. Skeletal. I all have skeletals. <laughs> Our skeletal muscles are paralyzed. The reasons behind this are not fully understood. And aside from science, people have attempted to come up with all kinds of other interpretations. Um, so one thing that 
stuck out to me in terms of helping to prevent that um, is learning meditation. So one helpful ways to minimize this is to learn meditation and um, muscle relaxation. Um, These techniques may help you better cope with those experiences so that you're not going into a shock state or an anxiety state um, and your body's not feeling like, oh, I need to protect you from anything. Um, which really kind of stems from this like fear thing of like yes. not be having control in a in a dream, and it kind of could come out of a violent dream, like I mentioned before, where either you're running from something, you're falling, um, it's like a very like abrupt wake up, and your body just gets stuck. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> scary. That makes sense. It is very yeah. unpleasant. Yeah, I don't know if any of you guys have experienced that personally, and if not that specifically, are there any instances where you guys experience any other out of control? Occurrences, whether it be sleep talking, falling, running from someone, being chased, um, and you didn't know what to do. Yeah. I've definitely felt uh, sleep paralysis before, and it is the worst. Mm-hmm. It is such a horrible feeling, um, mostly due to just the anxiety that you feel. It's one. Of, it's definitely one of those, as I like to call them, this is forever moments. Oh, it feels so where, long. Where your mind is tricked into whatever horrible experience you're feeling at that moment. Um, your your brain, for some reason, jumps to, well, this is forever now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so when you're when you're in that moment and y- your eyes open and you're trying to move your limbs and all that sort of stuff and nothing's working, you can't call out for help or anything. Um, it's such a quick onset <sighs> of like terror. Yes. And, and if anything, uh, just to chime in, yeah. it actually lasts from seconds to a, to minutes. Like it's usually minutes? up to a minute. Yeah. Pardon. Oh like my up God. to a minute. It it actually doesn't last as long as it feels. It feels like an eternity. It, oh God. Yes. <laughs> Very personal. But listening. <laughs> um no, I mean sleep talking or So yeah, there there's a ton of different uh phenomenons that that happen just like uh sleep paralysis. Another another thing that I wanted to throw in, I have a friend who um he experiences mild narcolepsy. So narcolepsy mm. is, you know, those people who fall asleep out of absolutely nowhere. Um which is, you know, how it's usually depicted depicted in the in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um like Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. I don't know if any of you have ever <laughs> seen that, but uh, there's a girl with uh, with narcolepsy, and like for example, whenever they go out to eat dinner, she needs to tie up her hair to the wall because if she'll fall asleep out of nowhere, like her face will go straight into the soup or something. Um, which is a really extreme case of, of narcolepsy, but uh, in milder cases, it literally just looks like somebody who's always tired, always exhausted, mm. will fall asleep in the middle of, you know, like a group hangout even. <laughs> um, and, you know, you usually tend to think like, wow, that person's just really tired all the time. Like, what's what's going on? Turns out it was mild narcolepsy. Um, and one of the symptoms that comes with uh, narcolepsy is sleep paralysis. Mm. So they very commonly um, experience this dealing with narcolepsy, which I thought was interesting. That's interesting. You know? I mean... The human brain. Thank God that's finds... never happened. <laughs> that's a two-for-one deal. That's that is a, a two-for-one deal. The brain always finds a way to screw us over somehow. No, <laughs> con amor, con amor. <laughs> um, but yeah, aside from sleep paralysis, um, you also have sleepwalking, sleep talking, um, which some of us in this room have experienced. Some of us have not. Mm-hmm. Um 
I am definitely one of the persons in this room that that has experienced a lot of uh, sleepwalking, sleep talking in the past. Mm-hmm. If you know we're gonna be having a sleepover, there's nothing that you really need to worry about anymore. <laughs> it's gonna be normal, I hope. But um, yeah, when it when it comes to sleepwalking, it's something that you're that you're not even conscious for. So all this sort of stuff, sleepwalking, sleep talking, um, you might have a brief moment of of lucidness where you'll kind of go in and out of being aware of of what you're going but for the most part it's to your to your conscious it's just pitch black you know it's, you're just sleeping Crazy. and it's, like it's something yeah it's it it's, blank. it's something yeah, that yeah, somebody yeah. else is telling you about the next day like hey uh in the middle of the night you sat up started talking all this <laughs> gibberish punched me in the face and went back to sleep <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know what happened there. Um, a, a lot of a lot of the stuff that that connects to that could uh, could range from, um, again, your your subconscious. What are you, um, what are you going over and over in your head? Uh, what are you anxious about? Um, and it could range even up to like your diet, you know, yeah. and uh, and the the sort of like. Um, the bacteria that you have going on in your tummy and and all this sort of stuff um all all those things and everything in between could could play some effect towards uh experiencing those things so i know that rachel just recently had her very first yes uh, sleepwalking experience that she remembers oh that's true the first one i remember you didn't even have to write it down oh you remember that's true that lucid sleepwalking yo tell us about it where where did you go okay well i didn't go very far thank god i've always (laughs) been so afraid of sleepwalking i thought that was the most scary thing ever in life because I'm the type of person who doesn't like to be out of control. Mm. And I feel like you're just completely out of control and you're capable of anything. That's pretty scary. So for me, it was when uh, Luis, my husband, was on a business trip. And I woke up in the middle of the night and didn't see him there. And I got up to go look for him. <laughs> and <laughs> the only thing I really remember, I can sort of assimilate it to being like sort of extremely drunk where you kind of know what's going on, but not really. Mm -hmm. And you black out certain things. And the only thing I remember was going over to the second bedroom and looking in there and remember like just being standing there and being like, wait, what am I doing here? I didn't know how I got there. I didn't know why I was there. It was a very, very, very weird feeling. And I just went back to sleep, but yeah, it was extremely weird, um, and I don't know how I got there and why, but I was just, like, walking around aimlessly. Um, and it's interesting that this can happen to us, and also interesting that certain things can cause this to happen. And like Bryant said, your diet, I don't know if you guys have noticed when you're watching TV and all these drug commercials come on and they'll tell all the million <laughs> side effects, sleepwalking is sometimes a side effect of a drug. Yes. So it's just so interesting how the brain works and how we all share these common experiences. But it's even been said that extreme cases of sleepwalking have caused people to um, commit suicide, either Mm -hmm. intentionally or not, I don't know, Um, kill people, drive their car. There's really extreme cases Mm -hmm. of it. So 
it's not something to be taken lightly. Right. No. I, I think it's really crazy that for you, there was such a direct correlation. Like you were literally looking for your husband. So mm. you were, you know, in your subconscious, there was to some level like an anxiety. Like you're very you know, anxiety. Yes. You're used to having that, that person there and feeling safe. And then, um, you know, not having that just before you go to sleep um, literally caused your body yeah. to, into a weird to state. not even be conscious, l- yeah. look for your husband, which I think is mm. is amazing. Yeah, it's and interesting. Like, beautiful. It, <laughs> <laughs> Louise, where are you? You were able to like tap into like a sub, very subconscious thought that you had and it like interpreted through your body. And then to the point where you didn't even know what you were doing. Yeah. And you're like, he left me here and then he <laughs> tell me which bar is he at? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So crazy. Speaking of um, not only being out of control of your dreams or being in control and knowing how to do that, um, but having dreams that happen over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So recurring dreams, I feel like it's something that all of us as humans can relate to. um, And those are the ones we tend to remember without even having to write down. Uh, Are there any instances where any of you had recurring dreams um, or even like experiencing deja vu, I feel like it's Mm. a form of a dream. Mm. Um, Totally. Versus, yeah, that's real, but it like happens in your conscious state. The two realms colliding. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We're talking about realms. (laughs) We're getting deeper, Mm y'all. I definitely have some stuff to say about deja vu. Like, deja vu plays, yeah, yeah. Uh, deja vu in it of itself has been like a recurring theme. Um, not only for myself, but humans everywhere. That's a reason why there's that term for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the idea that um, that it, it opens up the question like about fate, you know, mm-hmm. where we meant to commit certain actions or end up in certain places. If you feel like, wait a minute, I've seen this before. I felt this before. I had a dream about this. I'm meant to be here, mm. meant to be on this on yeah. this path, and um, there's there's definitely a couple different ways to look at it, right? Um, I'm gonna give you my personal uh, <laughs> opinions on it. Um, so the two different ways to look at it, I definitely believe in a déjà vu that transcends time and space, where you have a dream, x amount of time passes by, and then you experience that dream in in real life i do believe in that um but i think there's another kind of deja vu that happens where you're experiencing something and you're you have that feel of familiarity um but you can't pinpoint you know oh what what night you know how many years ago did you have that dream how many months ago like when when Mm -hmm. did you have it you wouldn't be able to answer the question um and this is this is the trippy part, y'all. <laughs> the reason is because there's no answer for it. So on a scientific level, there's uh, this this small phenomenon that that happens, right? Where your brain will slip into it's kind of like um, like a micro coma, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's something that lasts a couple of microseconds, right? Where your brain, without you even realizing it, will um, slip in and out 
and like kind of have like a like a very minor um, seizure, almost like a like a small coma. Um, and what happens is while your while your consciousness is is out of the picture for those microseconds, um, your brain is sort of recording what's happening right in front of you. Right. Is while, this when you're awake or while when? you're awake? Yeah, the while you're awake, having a conversation with somebody, <clears throat> it'll have this like microcoma. Your brain will record what's happening during that uh, coma, right, to, as a backup to to store that information for when you snap out of your coma, right? And um, since it only lasts microseconds, what it does is that file of information gets stored into the same file, if you will. Um, where your dreams are stored. That's so cool. Mm. So when that information is played back to you, it feels like a dream. Mm. Oh my goodness, Bryant. So that's a real uh, psychological, a real sort of like scientific approach to, you know, what is a deja vu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are, other, there are other phenomenons that happen that can't be explained with that same... Um, train of thought you know what i mean so for example if um and this is something that has happened to me as well where it's like i will have a dream and you talk about it with somebody else where people don't always talk about their dreams this is another reason why it's important to to communicate this this sort of stuff and always be mindful of of your dreaming talk about it with others because you have a dream buddy exactly Mm -hmm. uh where you, you you never know um, where if you talk about a dream and then weeks, months, or even years pass by, and then you have the feeling of deja vu from that dream, then you know that there's some space-time travel like happening there for sure. It's a sign. It's a sign. Yeah, so premonition also with dreams is a thing, and that goes into the whole deja vu. Mm. It's almost like you're predicting the future, and you're living it in your dream, and then it becomes a reality. It's really interesting because uh, when you mentioned that about predicting the future and we're talking about like different realms and different dimensions. So that's an interesting approach. But how do we not know that this is all happening at the same time? And we just happen to get little, you know, glimpses of what's happening at this present moment in some other experience, some other dimension that is actually helping us to just like channel whatever mm. information in this, you know, present current reality. So That's this is deep. This is wow. deep. And and I feel like it's really important to talk about this because one of the things that we are now experiencing is the huge movement of virtual reality, augmented reality. And um, this is some serious stuff. We've been talking about like how we as humans we go to sleep and then we enter the dream world, you know, like this realm. I almost feel like the, the virtual reality and the augmented reality, it's almost like doing it backwards. Mm. It's like bringing the dream world into our world, mm-hmm. which I feel like can have a lot of um, repercussions. And that's why we are actually touching base on this because we are in this entrepreneurial ecosystem. A lot of people are working right now with virtual reality, augmented reality. And so it's we're huge. not really sure. It is, it is huge and we're not sure if maybe they're using it with the responsibility that it should be used having under consideration that we've been talking about like some really deep important stuff about the human realities and the psychic so this is no joke and um i feel like this totally opens up the door to talk about that you know like virtual reality augmented reality what's happening (laughs) and it's such a new thing that there's not a whole lot of data 
behind it in terms of the long-term effects it's going to have on us Mm. psychologically and as a culture, as a society, how it's going to affect our social skills. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And just to give you guys a little bit of context, um, in 2018, virtual reality as an industry was a $12 billion industry. And by the year 2027, it's expected to be a $101 billion industry. That is so much money. What will we be in 2027? Mm, Bunch of holograms, projections. (laughs) Stop! So my personal experience with virtual reality I'll share with you guys really quick um, was at Animal Kingdom, of all places. Oh, yeah. On the Avatar ride. <laughs> it sounds so good. Yeah, because yeah, it is. I've not been yet, but I've really been wanting to go. That, that movie is amazing. Well, so I'm definitely not the only one who thinks it's good because there was like a three-hour wait to get in <laughs> 10 minutes before it closed. Oh, no. So people line up for hours and hours to go on this 10-minute ride. And what it is is basically you're on, think of like a stationary bike. Um, you just sit on it and you're holding the handles and the whole thing is supposed to simulate you riding an avatar and being in the whole world of, what do they call it? The world? I haven't seen the movie. I completely forgot. It's been years. Okay. Well, you're in that world (laughs) and you're on the avatar and, um, they do a whole sensory experience with you. You put on these goggles and you literally enter the world you feel like you're on the avatar. Wait, is it an avatar? I think I'm saying the wrong word. It's not the avatar. It's no, a dragon so, thing. Yeah. So <laughs> so the, the avatar are... The people. Yeah. So yeah. I'm an avatar. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You what? become an avatar. Yeah. You and what's an the dragon? Ooh, hold I on. I the name of it. My Google skills. Hold on. Okay. So you're on. You're an avatar riding the dragon. And you link to it. And um, you go into the world and... The yes. name of the planet is Pandora. Pan- oh, I oh, knew wow. that. Pandora. Pandora. And the species that live on there are the Navi. Navi. Okay. So the the Navi. Navi And um, they play with your senses in so many ways. They put scents out when you go down into a cave. It smells very earthy. When you go through a waterfall, it feels like they put water, so it splashes on your face. And the bike, the stationary bike is moving. And meanwhile, you're seeing um, through your goggles that the, the... whatever the dragon is like going down and it literally feels like you get the same uh, stomach dropping feeling like you're on an extreme roller coaster and you're not even going anywhere and it's just the bike tilting and your mind will fill in the gaps for you and it is such a euphoric experience Mm. and my whole thing with that experience was that I did not want to leave that world Mm. I was like I will wait another five hours to go back on this ride for 10 minutes because that was euphoric they play with all of your senses in such a way that it's addicting and it's basically perfect and if they're able to bring this to the masses in a way that's accessible for everyone i don't know if you guys have seen ready player one but if you have you'll know what i'm talking about why wouldn't everyone want to be in that world 24 7 right i would right Right. so bringing it back um to the the dream definition um that it it touches on all of your on all of your senses and it's something that is quote unquote happening in your mind um so virtual reality 
their goal is to is now becoming to touch on all of your senses so um auditory visual um and their and as well touch so touch in terms of like what is your what is your body feeling um not only the sensation of of dropping you know like while you're flying on these creatures or anything like that Mm -hmm. um but as well they start incorporating other elements like heat and stuff where it's like Mm -hmm. if it's a dragon that's you know breathing fire somewhere near you they will actually have a flamethrower somewhere near you so you feel that sensation of the heat and stuff um or if you're walking around on a space station and one of the pods open up and they'll like blow nitrogen at you or they'll they'll blow smoke at you and stuff like that so they start tying in all these things of of uh these sensations to make this experience real Mm -hmm. and uh with the virtual reality industry like if you're really in control of of the experience that you're creating um that means they can start building out these these dreamscapes you Mm -hmm. know and start uh exploring what it's like to to live out uh these dreams and stuff and you know to to tie back to what sebas was saying it's like there is a uh a mindful way of doing this and there's also uh what's the word that i'm thinking of when uh yeah like you you have a an ethical way of yes. uh that you should be um handling this this sort of stuff um which you know i mean just like anything else uh any industry people are going to use it how they want to use it and you know that's that's on them like uh the porn industry is really benefiting from from virtual reality and i'm not going to knock on that like that's that's their business they're trying to create an create and sell an uh an experience um but i think it would just be really nice to like you know use this technology to really explore um and stretch the the boundaries of the human mind yes and I think people are using it for financial gain. That's mm-hmm. the main purpose behind it. The and that can throw off people's incentives. And it can be an unethical, like you said, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and how is that going to affect how we experience things without technology? Mm-hmm. Like, remember back in the day when we didn't even have cell phones? <laughs> right. And now our whole world is so different with cell phones. Imagine virtual reality being a part of our everyday life right how are we going to experience the simplicity of going on a walk outside in the woods and playing with sticks you know what i mean or climbing a tree seriously though i mean that's what i did when i was growing up these youths they don't even know (laughs) it brings up so many things and so many issues but really what it is it's the new lucid dreaming and we have to be very aware of what's going on Yes, absolutely. Because um, like you said, Rachel, this is the new lucid dreaming, but it's not happening naturally. You know, the human is actually working on creating these um, false realities, I would say, because, you know, as far as we know, they're not real. But um, we experience this world through our senses. And right now we're just having this tool here that can totally change the game. So it's really important that we use it responsibly. I feel like it's really important. And, And one of the one of the intentions as of why we wanted to talk about this topic is because this is real. It's part of us. Our dreams are our dreams and nobody can actually, you know, take over that. I would say it's very personal, but um, it's, it's a very sensitive topic. It's a very sensitive industry. It is growing 
And it's really important that we also continue to be aware of how do we use this mindfully? How do we use this for the greater good of humanity? Which is key. Which, if I could add, I think one of those things, you know, if we're specifically talking about VR, um, one of the things is, you know, educating yourself about, about the industry and... Obviously, if you really want to create change, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. Um, yeah. Look. <laughs> thank you, Gandhi. Um, you know, look into careers in, in the virtual industry, in the virtual reality industry. Look for different careers. I personally um, am part of the video game industry myself. Um, so I'm a huge fan of, of the idea of creating new worlds and... Um, and uh, being part of the, the development process. And um, I think the virtual reality industry, as it is right now, does need a lot of help. So, um, you know, if you're into programming, art, music, you know, anything related to, to the senses in terms of, like, uh, development and production, I think it's definitely a worthwhile industry to jump into and look at it, you know. Um, help steer the, the industry in a mindful uh, direction yeah yes thank you guys so i think that we've covered a lot of topics so much we've gone real deep and then yes. back up again and then back to being deep and i think one of the main reasons also that we wanted to do this episode on dreams is that a lot of our audience are entrepreneurs um, and they have high aspirations and one of the biggest things about being an entrepreneur is having the courage to dream. And that's using Bryant's um, first definition. And I think that we can also tie in the second definition that Bryant used as well. Um, they're not too far apart. Being able to set intentions to your thoughts and to the possibilities of what you can do without limits is really what being an entrepreneur is all about and about achieving the things you want in the world. And I, while I was doing my research, I actually found that it's proven scientifically that you're more creative during your dreams, um, which I think we can all agree on. Yes. <laughs> and actually, a lot of the world's greatest inventions have been products of dreams. Um, a few of them being the idea for Google um, actually came from a dream, Larry Page, also, the one of the parts of Tesla, um, the alternating current generator, that was derived from a dream. Um, the periodic table came from wow. a dream. The sewing machine, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and the one I thought was super interesting, DNA's double helix spiral form. That's that man dreamed shit. about that. Can you imagine dreaming and being like, oh, that's a thing? Oh. That's amazing. So honestly, I, that's a recurring dream for me. So <laughs> you know, I don't my, think that one's in the dictionary. Uh, so yeah, we hope you have great dreams tonight and absolutely. just open your mind to the possibilities. Yes. yes. <laughs> Make an effort to pay more attention to your dreams because you never know what meaning they may hold. You have to have the courage to dream. Keep dreaming and take action because what is entrepreneurship without dreaming? Well said. Night, Thank you. Oh my goodness. Sweet and dreams. also, muy importante, manifest the dreams that you want, what you think you become, and you are in control of that. 
So get a diary. Start manifesting. The law of attraction, it's key. A diary. A diary, yes. I hope you dream about us tonight. Yes! (laughs) You should also know um, that this entire episode for this podcast was recorded from bed. We're all laying in... <laughs> we're all dreaming. We're With just dreaming. Mask. In a we're huge in Inception. Willy Wonka-style bed where we're just all under the sheets. Like That's cute. With our little notes. <laughs> Wanted to give you a visual. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode seven of the Big Idea Box podcast. Stay tuned for the next one. Sweet dreams. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Big Idea Box podcast. Stay connected and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Big Idea Box.